Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. What's up, this your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Strange News Daily is a production of iHeartMedia. In a world full of bizarre events, unsolved mysteries, and a billion stories from all corners of the globe, some news gets lost in the shuffle. This is your gateway to the stories on the fringe of the mainstream map. These are your dispatches in the dark. I'm Ben Bolin, and this is the Strange News Daily. Our first story today, An opera house in Barcelona reopened its doors on Monday for the first time in over three months. They held a concert, but not for human beings. Instead, the audience was exclusively plants, nearly 2,300 houseplants, one in every seat. Organizers say the intention was to reflect on the absurdity of the human condition in the era of the coronavirus pandemic, which deprives people of their position as spectators. Executive producer Eugenio Ampudio said, Nature advanced to occupy the spaces we snatched from it. Can we extend our empathy? Let's begin with art and music in a great theater by inviting nature in. After the concert, which was live-streamed, the 2,292 nursery plants placed on every seat were donated to frontline health workers. This concert for the Biocene was made possible by the ending of Spain's state of emergency on Sunday. It featured a string quartet playing Italian composer Giacomo Puccini's Chrysanthemum. It was chosen for its requiem-like sadness. The Opera House observed all the usual rituals of a regular musical performance, with announcements given over loudspeakers when the concert was about to begin. Both before and after the six-minute performance, four elegantly dressed musicians respectfully bowed to the audience of plants. 
The Opera House says it hopes the show will reaffirm the value of art, music, and nature while serving as a roadmap for returning to normal activity after the pandemic. Spain has been one of the nations worst affected by COVID-19. As of this week, the country officially has 28,323 COVID-19 deaths and a total of 246,272 cases so far. Our second story today. A city in eastern China is introducing a new system that will let people getting married check if their partner has a history of abuse. The town of Yiwu is launching this inquiry service, and it will be available to residents starting this July. People who are arranging to get married will soon be able to fill out a form to see if their partners have any history of violence, either between family members or during times of cohabitation. All they need to do to access this information is to produce a form of ID as well as personal information on the person they're planning to marry. One person is allowed to make a maximum of two inquiries per year. The Women's Federation in the city welcomes the move, saying the system will help protect people from domestic violence. The Domestic Violence Registered Database will begin by using information provided by the courts and public security organs from 2017 onwards. This system also got approval from academics like law professor Han Jin, who says this system protects a person's right to be informed about the personality of their significant other before tying the knot. The system's also been praised on Chinese social media, and many social media users are calling for this program to be rolled out across the country. Some say the new system should also include child abuse, noting that it's geared toward giving transparencies of beatings and physical abuse rather than sexual violence. There have been growing calls in China in recent years to recognize and hold accountable people who have a history of domestic abuse. Before 2001, physical abuse wasn't even grounds for divorce. Domestic violence only became punishable by law in March of 2016. Concerns about victims of domestic violence have been growing amid lockdowns during the epidemic. Domestic media sources are noting police reports on domestic violence doubled or even tripled in some areas where citizens were under lockdown. And just last month, fears about domestic violence grew after China made it more difficult for couples to divorce, introducing a new 30-day cool-off period that was meant to allow both parties time to rethink their decision. Social media users at the time raised concern that this law could lead to some people being coerced into backtracking, or that it could deter victims from speaking out or leaving violent relationships. This law, which will come into effect at the beginning of 2021, is not applicable to families with a history of domestic violence. However, there are also standing concerns that not all cases can be detected. We'll keep an eye on this situation and update on its progress as the program kicks into gear. Our third story today takes place in New York City, where transit officials are exploring a controversial plan to use AI software to track how many subway riders are wearing face masks and where they're wearing them. 
This technology is already used in Paris. It's one of a host of ideas presented in a consultant's report released to the public earlier this week that could help transit authorities measure the level of face mask compliance at specific subway stations. The Metropolitan Transportation Authority commissioned this study in May. The 41-page document details the best practices from transit systems around the world in combating the spread of COVID-19. The list includes things like high-tech tools such as thermal scanner temperature checks, uh, as well as UV lamps or even robots, which China has deployed on buses to kill the virus on various surfaces. Andre Behrman, a spokesman for the MTA, says, We're exploring the feasibility of a wide range of tools and approaches for helping to keep our employees and customers safe. AI is one of those tools, and we'll continue to research whether it might be effective, and if so, how it might be deployed in an appropriate manner to continue ensuring best public health practices are followed for the safety of our customers and employees. So why is facial recognition controversial? Well, it has strong potential to be weaponized, and using this in such a widespread manner will likely continue the debate around privacy and transparency. But the current debate over AI is much more complicated. New Yorkers are struggling to resume their lives amid the shadow of a pandemic that's already killed more than 22,000 residents of the city. Nick Cifuentes, the executive director of the Tri-State Transportation Campaign, said, We have to juggle legitimate privacy concerns and concerns about public safety and public health. According to Cifuentes, the evidence suggests that the MTA needs to prioritize mask enforcement over arguably more expensive and unreliable technology, i.e. temperature scans. He says the goal is 100% mass compliance. The public health threat that you pose is certainly much greater than the privacy threat as a non-compliant individual. Supporters say concerns about privacy could be addressed by using anonymized data, where the system would remove personally identifiable information. That's what's happening in the Paris metro system. The software is not used to punish individual riders, but instead to collect information that'll help city officials anticipate the location of future outbreaks. The technology can also be used to measure the level of mask wearing at specific locations, and this could allow transit officials to direct resources to stations with low compliance. Still, critics of this surveillance technique remain skeptical. In 2019, the MTA acknowledged in a Wall Street Journal story that it was already running a pilot program to record and identify faces of drivers driving through the Robert F. Kennedy Bridge. The initial efforts here were not successful. A spokesperson said the information was only being used for security. Albert Fox Kahn, the founder and executive director of Surveillance Technology Oversight Project, or STOP for short, notes that the MTA has a standing trust gap with the public here. Stop recently sued the MTA over its refusal to provide information about a video monitor installed in Times Square to detect fare evasion. MTA officials said that the camera was not using facial recognition technology, but Stop demanded to see internal agency documents about the camera's installation. In May, a state Supreme Court judge ruled that the agency had wrongly denied its FOI request without any explanation. Khan warns that the use of surveillance technology could give way to a predictable result, more police encounters, more needless arrests, and more violence. He pointed out that MTA's cameras were being used by NYPD to locate and remove homeless individuals in subway stations. 
He also says, excessive surveillance is a matter of life and death. I am terrified that we will see riders of color singled out by AI and arrested for not wearing masks. Early on, information from the city showed large racial disparities in the social distancing and mask-wearing policies of New Yorkers. In mid-May, Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that the NYPD would no longer enforce the face mask rule after a video of a Brooklyn mother getting handcuffed in a subway station for not wearing a mask went viral. Another challenge here, the MTA will soon be managing a growing number of mass transit users as the city continues to reopen. Subway ridership passed 1 million on Tuesday, June 23rd, and that's a more than 150% increase since April. Before the pandemic, weekday subway ridership was around 5.5 million. Sarah Feinberg, who is the interim head of the New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority, recently said the key is going to be mask vigilance. Danny Perlstein, the policy and communications director for the advocacy group Writers Alliance, still voices concerns. He has urged the MTA to look more broadly at other solutions, like increasing the frequency of service, especially during off-peak hours. In terms of safety, he said that giving passengers even just a little extra breathing room would be better than resorting to surveillance technology. Ultimately, he summed it up by saying, using machines that can profile riders will make people less comfortable than giving them an extra six inches for their elbow. That's all for now. We've been asking you to chime in with suggestions for stories you think your fellow listeners might enjoy, to hit us with your best or worst puns and bad dad jokes, and to tell us about your personal experience with COVID-19, the ongoing protests, or strange local stories from your neck of the global woods. Let us know. Tag hashtag StrangeDaily on Twitter or reach out to me directly. I'm at HSW on Twitter or at BenBullen on Instagram. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Dylan Fagan, our research associate, Sam Teagarden, and most importantly, thanks to you. I'm Ben Bullen. We'll see you tomorrow. Until then, stay strange. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy, and we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash iHeart.